0: our life instruction from the scriptures. I'd like to share another scripture with you this morning, and it's in Matthew 22. The leaders of the temple asked Jesus, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we want to be a church that practices what we say we believe, then we must be abiding in the scriptures. And in the scripture, we're instructed to be for our neighbor. I think this can be harder sometimes than actually loving our neighbor because love, you can do at a distance. You can wave at someone. You can say, hey, love you, man. Have a great day. But being for, someone says, those 1,000 daily different interactions that you have, the drive-through at um, the school while you're waiting on dropping off or picking up your children, Um, at the school ball games when you're sitting next to another parent, getting to know those people, being present, putting your phones down and actually asking how they're doing, asking if you can pray for them, asking what's going on in their lives. That's being for someone. And when the hour means we do that together, hour is a multiple word. You can't have an hour with me and I alone. Our means we're in this together. We want to partner with you. We want to make people connections. That means we help others in times of their dirtiness, not just in times of a crisis. A neighbor, well, even Jesus was asked that question, Lord, who is my neighbor? be kind of nice sometimes to just have those people that are right around you and those three or four people are your your neighbors and those are the only ones that Jesus says I need you to care about no he says we have to love our neighbors which could be that difficult person in your life could be the person again that you have a weekly encounter with um, but you need to know them a little bit more could be that person who's across the street that you don't even know their name could be um, a teacher, could be the coworker. They're our neighbors. And it calls us he calls us to step out of our comfort zones. He tells us that we have to be deliberate, we have to be intentional, we have to have a purpose. This was his top two command for us: "Love the Lord, love your neighbor." I think it was pretty important to him. So I'm going to share a little bit about um, where we've been and how we've gotten there. And I'm going to use a quote from my daughter that I often refer to. When she was working on her master's in a stats class, she told her prof, you need to understand, I'm a people person, not a numbers person. So for those of you who are like Heather, who gets that from me, who stats, okay, tell me about some people. I'm going to share a little bit about both of those with you. Our staff has been on a journey for several months of praying about where God would want our church to be his hands and his feet in our local community. We have both individually and corporately attended multiple workshops and seminars and community meetings. We have attended and participated in the Partnership for Healthy Communities, which was a day-long event held in our church where multiple agencies came together to talk about the needs in Kankakee County. We were one of three churches present. Pastor Brandon attended a day-long mental health conference, how to detect mental health challenges and disorders in youth and young adults. He was one of two churches represented, represented in our county. Did you know that suicide is the sixth cause of death in our community and the second among young people? Did you also know that the ratio of mental health workers to patients is one to 101 in our county? Did you know that our community mental health center is so inundated with new referrals that they are lacking in time to provide follow-up for children after the crisis? I began attending a program called Success by Six, which is an organization made up of people from United Way, from the schools, the Burbank Park District, the public health department, our hospitals, and us, other agencies. We meet monthly to discuss and share ways to help children obtain optimal levels of success in relationships, emotions, development, physical, and social areas before the age of six in order for them to succeed in school, because when they succeed in school, they have a better opportunity to succeed in life. I'm the only pastor involved in that. Kankakee County was chosen as one of two counties in our nation to be given a grant through the Erickson Institute to study the needs of children in our county. And when I say children, I mean persons 18 years and younger. What happens to them affects our community. What this study revealed was that the Bradley schools and the community children right around our church are at the highest risk, especially in relational and social development, of any children in our county. Matt McAllister brought maps of different areas and kinds of needs within a two mile radius of our church to our staff retreat last August. And out of this information and three days of praying, reading scripture, God gave us the mission and the statement and core values that we now use as our church compass for all that we do. The staff knew at that time that God wanted us to do more in our community, but we didn't know what or how. Last December, our staff began praying in earnest for God to give us a direction to be more involved and intentional in our local community. Out of that, God directed us to the needs of children 18 and younger in our community. Through all of the various studies and the seminars and the workshops, one thing stood out in every single study. The community of Bradley was in great need in every single aspect of every study. We learned that another local church had adopted Bradley East and were pouring into those children and those teachers and that church had been praying for a church to adopt Bradley West. We also knew that as a church, if we hope to raise the standard for living in our community, we had to begin with the children. I said earlier that our community needs to help in times of need, not just a crisis. Did you know that neglect is a larger epidemic than abuse. That in 2007, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 59% of child victims of maltreatment were victims of neglect. Neglect is defined as physical, mental, emotional, medical, educational acts of omission. Educational neglect is where a child is allowed to engage in chronic truancy or as, are they school age and they're not receiving school? At the Bradley stakeholders, at the school stakeholders meeting, we were told that childhood truancy is a huge, huge factor. That over forty percent of the kids in the Bradley schools miss more than one third of their school year, and they were saying, "What can we do? How can we have the community help us with this?" See, the neglect is most often not intentional because it comes out of parents who do not know how to care for their children at their different developmental stages. Did I mention that 15% of the pregnancies in our area, right around our church, are of teens? And that 40% of the mothers are under the age of 24? That 22% of the families are under extraordinary stresses like poverty? of our county is on public aid, that 15% of the people in our community go to the ER due to loneliness, that suicide is the sixth leading cause of death in our county because they feel hopeless, that 37% of the deaths from January to July of last year were because of drug and alcohol abuse. Now many of these areas of neglect, we as a church, are not trained or equipped to speak into, but one common thread of need in each of the above statistics is that these persons were once children. Children who needed a consistent, caring adult in their life in order for their current life to look different. So we met with the Bradley superintendent of schools, the principal and the curriculum director of Bradley, By the way, the principal of Bradley West grew up at Chicago First Church of the Nazarene, that's no coincidence, and asked them what they needed. We spent a month praying about what that would look like. Bradley West is a school for children, third through fifth grade, located near Perry Farms. There are 471 students in this building at a prime developmental period in their lives that we have the ability to show them Someone cares enough to spend time with them, to listen to them, to meet and know their parents, and encourage the teachers that are with them every day. In January, we determined as a staff that we would volunteer every Wednesday for 90 minutes to two hours in the classrooms at Bradley West because we wanted to get to know the teachers and the children so we could see what the needs were. We've attended their stakeholders' meetings. Many of you helped volunteer at their recent Camp Read-A-Lot, a a family event, and we've fallen in love with those children and those teachers. Every Wednesday, we begin our day in the cafeteria, greeting children as they come in for breakfast and prepare for their day. In these first few short weeks, here are some of the stories we've encountered. The first day, while sitting in a social studies class, reading to a group of children, One of the children looked up in the middle of the discussion and said, did you know my dad abandoned me when I was two? One of our pastors said, maybe you could tell me that story afterwards, not thinking that child might come back. They did, and they shared the whole story, the first time this child had met this adult. The new child, whose mother was murdered, and he's now living, with his recently absent dad, who he barely knew. Dad is gone. He's staying with Grandma and Grandpa. Or the girl who was asked one morning at breakfast about her day, and she shared that she had a test that day. She was told, well, I hope you do well. And she said, it doesn't matter. When she was encouraged that, yes, it does, she said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what I do. I won't be able to do it. Or the new boys who came to school and after they were registered and were walking to the car, we overheard their their mother say, well, now you're registered, now we have to figure out where we're going to live. We've learned that the teachers fund their own classroom parties because there's so little parent support or so few people on the PTA to help. We've learned that the superintendent's dream is for there to be a book in every child's hand at home. While we in this room, continue to believe that God is our loving Heavenly Father who cares for us and will never leave us, that he wants to have a relationship with us, that each person was created by him for a unique purpose, and that he cares for them. He loves them more than they could imagine, and there is hope, and we can trust him. And we believe we are to share the good news What did you hear in the stories of those children? I've been abandoned. I've been left alone by my earthly father. The one person I had a relationship with is dead and no one else wants me around. There's no use to try because it doesn't matter. There's no plan, just day-to-day survival. You see, society has affected the spread of the gospel and the ability for people and children, especially, to believe and embrace the good news because so many people do not have stable relationships. How can they understand a God they cannot see will never leave them, that He loves them more than anyone else when they have no one else? Their ability to trust God has been affected by their relationships on earth. You see, we don't get to be a good church by being a bad neighbor. The first church that these kids, their parents, and the teachers visit may be in their school, or your driveway, or in our FLC on Connect Nights. What all of our staff has found since August, we had to learn about our neighbors. We had to carve out time and already full schedules in order for God to show us what he wants us to do. Our desire? To really see the teachers and the students in Bradley West. Because when you really see someone, it changes how they see themselves. When they see themselves differently, they're able to see their future differently. If we want our surrounding community to change their quality for life, and yes, I did say for, and not of, because we probably can't change their quality of life but we can change their quality for life because we know Jesus Christ. The next generation behind us needs to see Jesus in the flesh so they can know and believe that Jesus stepped on this earth to make a difference in their lives.